Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to GLE. On today's show, we got a guy that brings an impressive 20-year track record of leadership in various industries and capacities, including finance, education, the nonprofit, philanthropic sector. Before joining Centric, which, you know, Centric is a cool company. They're a company that really has the vision of replacing fiat currencies, traditional fiat currencies someday. And so I'm definitely excited to chat all things cryptocurrency today with Joel. Before he joined Centric, he built and led successful sales marketing distribution agency at World Financial Group. He's a board chair at Project Boone. And he really discovered Centric as an independent investor and is now the CEO, which is pretty cool, man. So, um, (laughs) you know, love talking to Joel, have enjoyed every interaction with him thus far. And I just had to bring him on, share him with the GLE network. Joel Cleland, welcome to GLE. Thank you so much, Phil. It's great to be here. Great to have you, man. So you got a cool story. You got a, a wide variety of experience and, and experience building teams. So maybe just give us the the once over of, of Joe Cleland and, and your story and your background. You know, I know you're a musical guy, so you know, I'm curious to hear <laughs> hear all of that, man. Sure, sure. So before I really, you know, dove into the education sector, so we'll probably start there. I I come from a life of music. Music and service, that, that, those are the two things that were always consistent with me. You know, I've been involved in community service for over 30 years, been a musician all my life. And one, one of the places that I, I, I kind of felt like it was a formative career space for me was when I was a church music director. And so I coordinated choirs. I, I learned a lot about working with people there. And I, I spent a little over a decade just, just serving, serving a church community as a music director. Wow. So yeah, that was cool. And that, that kind of, you know, from there I moved into education and I, you know, I I wouldn't say I was disillusioned, but not everybody in the education sector is quite as much of a dreamer as I am, I guess. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I, I think there are people in every sector that have kind of, uh, you know, been run through the meat grinder, so to speak. And they're not sure, maybe a little tentative on uh, doing things that are kind of breakthrough or innovative or things of that nature. And so I think that's what kind of moved me away from the education sector, because a a place that I thought would be very creative was was really not in a lot of ways. Yeah. So when you say education sector, give us a little Mm -hmm. like what, what exactly are you talking about? So I, I have my master's in education, uh, philosophy of education. I have a teaching credential for kindergarten through 12th grade, multi-subject. Mm. I've taught Spanish. I've taught mathematics. I was obviously a music teacher and director for a number sure. of years, uh, in addition to working for a church. Okay. And, uh, and I got into special projects. And I think that's kind of where I, uh, I hit, run, ran up against a lot of walls. 
Sure. Uh, because people brought me in or hired me, air quotes, to to develop projects and expand things. And then it was like one thing after another. I felt like I was getting the floor <laughs> pulled out from under me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it's yeah, like the for same, sure. The same I mean, people said, hey, we believe in you. We want you to do this. And then <laughs> took away all my resources. And yeah, said no I mean, it's at every turn. People, I think, have a tendency to do that when, you know, when change starts coming and gets real, it uh, it becomes right. challenging. What, what yeah, do you they think? Like the con- they like the concept of change. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. There you go. There you go. Y'all, if you're not following Joel, you need to go follow him. He's on Instagram at Joel underscore Cleland, C-L-E-L-L-A-N-D. You can find him on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and if you want to learn more about Centric, head to Centric.com, C-E-N-T-R-I-C.com, and uh, check that out. So, Joel. Thank you. You know, cryptocurrency. You, How did I you, get from education to crypto or music? And yeah, man. Like, you, you know, such right. a wide variety. Right. I'm, I've actually right. I've got an old article written about me that's titled The Jack of All Trades because I was. Oh, no, nice. Yeah. I but we also know the other sports. part of that. Master of none. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but um, with the, the unknown part of that phrase is oftentimes better than a master of one. I don't know if you know, you know, the, that complete phrase. I just learned that oh, recently. Please, I didn't please, know that was please, the, please the, the, well, it's a Jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Better than a master. Oh, right. Cause, so cause it's, you, you've been seasoned. Yeah. It's actually like, I, I think that original Shakespeare line is actually a positive towards being a Jack of all trades, but I always knew it as a negative. I just yeah, I literally just me learned too. that recently. Wow. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's cool to be a Jack of all trades in, in a lot of ways. And um, so, you know, you went from teaching World right. Financial Group. Was right. that, I was, was in that financials your... for almost 15 years. Yeah. Uh, I worked for one company for 10 years. I I moved to World Financial Group for almost five. I actually still have a license parked over there. Sure. Uh, but uh, but I'm not super active. Um, I, ke- I keep my license current just because it's valuable to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but it's interesting to move from pretty much the traditional financial world, insurance, investments, lending, debt management, things of that nature to this new virtual world or this digital world. You know, you and I talked a little bit about real estate beforehand. There's a whole virtual real estate world now where you can (laughs) own pieces of the metaverse, if you will. And, and, you know, there's different items that that you can actually own or digital real estate. And and for me, I'm just fascinated to be kind of in, in the mix a little bit, learning about these different things. And then for my role as CEO of a digital asset company, it's, it's, it's just, I, I feel like the timing couldn't be better for where I am professionally. Sure. And I thought long holds of domain names was cool. Right. But. Yeah. We picked, we picked up one that was over 30 years old. It cost us a quarter million dollars to pick it up. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, com. man. Talk about digital real estate. It, it was just, it was just sleeping literally. Yeah. I think it was 32 years. Just centric.com was just sitting there collecting dust. And then That's crazy. Uh, we, we made the call and sure. they got a nice big check. So what got you excited about crypto to start investing first sure. off? And then, uh, you know, just in general, maybe give an overview of the crypto space. Like I am a crypto ignoramus, right? Right. I almost, I almost called it the crypt keeper. (laughs) Oh, or something. Cause I, you know, yeah, I don't know when this podcast is going out, but we're getting close to Halloween. So yeah, there you go. That's pretty apropos. Good good timing, right? (laughs) I, I would say that this emerging space is, is something that's going to affect everybody at some point. And one thing I share with people regularly is 
a lot of times ask people ask me questions. Hey, Joel, I feel like I've missed it. You know, there was this big bull run here and a big bull run there in, in crypto. I feel like I've missed it. And I, and I always stop people. I say, it hasn't even started. This is such a baby space. And the one thing I encourage people to do is just to learn. And I've always been a learner. I've always been a reader. I've always tried to surround myself with people that are learning new things and challenging themselves and doing the hard work to get better. Sure. And when I first started learning about crypto, it was kind of a dark and shady subject. You know, oh, really? like you think you think of like the, you know, Silk Road type, you know. So mentality. what year was this? What time frame was this? It was you? probably like 2012, 2013, 2014, somewhere okay. around in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bitcoin Early had been out days. for a while. Yeah, it had been out for a while. And, um, you know, then Ethereum came along. And, and now, I mean, we're at like 12,000 digital projects globally or something like that. And there's new ones getting spun up all the time. And a lot of them don't have a lot of real world use, but they're just like, speculating on a commodity, you know, or, or, sure. or a speculative stock or something like that. And I think that's great. As long as the people that are investing in it understand that that's what it is. Right. It's just, a, it's just like a risky stock. And then, you know, you have, you have companies like Centric and, and others that are trying to have real world adoption in the mix. Yeah. What the, so, I've heard, I've heard crypto, like, my understanding of the the evolution, the the uh, the birth of crypto was basically how do we get digital cash? How do we how do we create right. a, a, some sort of anonymous, um, you know, thing that doesn't require some governmental control or some federal peer, reserve? Peer to peer, yeah, That's peer huge. to peer, right? It's so huge in the space. Is that accurate? What what? That's how would you describe totally crypto? And that actually even goes before Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin yeah. was just the most successful, but sure. there was like three or four digital currencies before Bitcoin, uh, nobody's writing home to, to their parents about, but, but Bitcoin has been the one that's been the most robust. It's gotten the most, uh, has made the most inroads, mm -hmm. it's most successful. But if you read the original Bitcoin white paper, have you ever read it? I haven't, no. Yeah, get, have some coffee or your favorite beverage sometime, popcorn and read through it. It's not that long. It's like nine pages or something like that. But the original Bitcoin white paper, it really talks about peer-to-peer -peer payments. Peer-to-peer, -peer, like I want to send you fill some money, so I do. What do we have? We've got Venmo. We've got Zelle. But even Venmo and Zelle have somebody in the middle, don't they? Right. They've got a third-party intermediary like a bank or a credit card company or something like that. And, and what... Bitcoin maximalists, and I would call them just crypto futurists, because that's what I consider myself as a crypto futurist. I believe it's the future of money. Is It's just another way for us to cut down on the middleman and focus on me and the people I want to do business with. Like if I have a business, I have goods or services, my customers can just come to me directly. They don't have to go through a bank. That's going to save them money. It's going to save me money. And you think right. about like merchant services, basic merchant services, there's always some cost that the merchant has to pass along to their customers. Oh yeah, 100%. And, and are we at the place where crypto is as fast and efficient as yeah. current merchant services? Absolutely not. We've got a ways to go. Sure. Um, sending Bitcoin takes a while and it's expensive. Same thing with Ethereum and a lot of the other top, you know, top 20 projects. Sure. Uh, sending centric is really fast, but it's got an expense attached to it and not everybody is set up for it. 
Right. So, so I would say that the space still, ha- still needs some time, but there, there are some ways that people are able to kind of start integrating crypto into their businesses and into their lives, mm-hmm. especially if it's a preference for them. Because right now it's about the preference. We have yeah. traditional money or fiat and we have crypto. Sure. You know, and then we have barter system, right? Which, which, still, <laughs> yeah. which still is alive and well on a local level to some sure. extent. You, know, you, you, know, fix, you fix my toilet and I'll help you hang your door. You know, yeah, kind of, right. That kind of stuff. Sure. I, but I that's think... the whole concept of crypto. It's it's like more more uh, communal, in my opinion. Yeah, communal. I you know, I think I may be unique in this. You know, maybe I was just ignorant as as just a, a consumer, and now I've had you know I have a little more of a producer mindset. But you know, going around like you stop at a gas station, you got to pay two bucks for something. It's like you know they have some credit card minimum. And back in the mm-hmm. day, it's like, man, I don't have cash. That's annoying. Now I got to spend like right. six bucks or whatever. And <laughs> right. I get frustrated. But, you know, I, after you, I've, I've used PayPal and other things and had like some transactions go across. I'm like, shoot, they just took 3% from me. Like, right. holy crap. And then, you know, so that whole concept of like, hey, why is there this middleman taking money when I'm just like Joel and Phil are just trying to give each right. other money? We're just money. trying to send each other some money. Yeah, yeah. Right. And even like, if I send it to you, Phil, via Venmo, there's going to be like a little one to 3%. Yeah. And and the nice thing is that with crypto payments, like we're integrated with my crypto checkout and that that's the one we've been on the the longest. And just yesterday this press uh dropped actually we got dropped in with uh coin payments. And whereas, you know, some of these other services uh might charge you 2 to 3%, some of these crypto payment gateways are zero cost. So wow. when you think about it, that's a savings for everybody, you know, long-term. Yeah. For the it, all, it all adds consumer. up hundred percent. All adds up. So the, the transactional um, time, I know that's been a challenge for some of the coins and, and Correct. Um, so maybe talk about what sure. Centric's doing, how, how is Centric unique and, and becoming maybe more transactional than some of these other coins that take, you know, minutes to, to transact. Right. Right. So obviously if, you know, we like to use uh, terminology like lightning speed, <laughs> things like that, because then that sounds more like a credit card. You know, yeah. it just goes through really <laughs> fast. And and if you're inside the centric network, it's normally really, really fast. If we're integrated with a payment gateway, it's normally really fast, very similar to a credit card. Sure. Um, but you're know, going peer to peer. There's there's still some some time lapse. And, yeah. and, and, and a lot of times, like because. One of, the, one of the things we do in our space, for those of us that are traders or investors, is we'll use certain cryptos to buy other cryptos. Like we'll go out on these secondary markets with certain cryptos to buy what we want, and then we bring it back. Mm. And sometimes that process can be not just laborious and time consuming, but it can also be cost ineffective. Sure. Like some of the prices just, they go up and down. I mean, the yeah. reason we moved off of Ethereum was because Ethereum was getting way too expensive. Oh, wow. And then we okay. moved to Tron and then Tron got too expensive. And then we moved to the Binance Smart Chain. So we were always trying right. to find places where we could save our users money. Yeah. And on the Binance Smart Chain, it's super fast like Tron, uh, but it's cheaper. Okay. So, yeah. Well, very cool. Very cool. So if people want to learn more about what Centric's doing, centric.com is the place to go. What it's what else best. is going on from a Centric perspective? Right, right. And, and uh, well, just at centric.com, I would just encourage people to click the learn tab and read the basics page. And then if you want to take a deeper dive, you know, after reading the Bitcoin white paper, of course, right? 
Uh, you can read our white paper, which I think is super inspiring. And um, there's a couple other sections on the website I like, but our blog is really, really good. Lots of depth there. And then I actually have a YouTube channel. It was a pre-existing YouTube channel of the company and we, uh, it was just kind of sitting dormant. And um, so we spun it up as the Joel Clellan channel. And I've been, I've been dropping content for the last few weeks. Cool. And it's all, it's all educational. Sometimes it's things like, like this morning, I was talking to a gentleman, super sophisticated, smart guy like yourself. And some of the stuff I was throwing at him, he's like, I never heard that. And I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> and so I did a video about it. Awesome. But, but it's, it, it's normally things where like I come across in the marketplace or I break down things in centric protocol to try and make it easier for people to understand. Sure. That's Very the whole cool. purpose of the, of the, the YouTube channel. Yeah, awesome. So go make sure you go check out the YouTube channel, y'all. Joel Cleland YouTube channel. Joel, Easy you're a father, find. father of five. Yes, sir. You're married 24 years, man. That's impressive. I just sure. had my first. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Four, I saw. 14 months, man. So I'm awesome. I'm learning. I'm learning what it's like, right? I got Trial a lot of pre- fire. <laughs> I got a lot of appreciation for my parents in, in new ways than I did before, right? Yep. Talk about your experience as a dad, you know, through your life as a marriage. What what has that done for you and in, in your career? So going back to when we had our first, um, who's now a freshman in college. Oh, wow. And, and I just, I just remember when, when that kid came home from the hospital, I was like, this is so different now. It was just me and Peg for years. Right. And even during the pregnancy, it's like, I know it was uncomfortable at times for her, but <laughs> Yeah. It was a different game once the kids showed up. hundred percent. It, but it's interesting because every single one of those kids is so different. They have different passions, different things that they like and don't like. Sure. And, and I think just professionally, I, I know that certain companies I've worked with over the years have appreciated the fact that I'm a family man because they, because they know that I'm going to be more committed to mm-hmm. the company. And so I, w- I would say that's, that's probably part of it, but I'd say probably the, you know, the, the larger piece is that I just, I think I'm more um, empathetic and understanding mm-hmm. of others because I'm a dad. hundred percent. Yeah. So I, whether, I, whether they're my, the people that work with me, you know, clients, yeah. partners in the marketplace, I just, I, I think I've got more empathy, right? More so patience. Are you maybe. forcing your, your children into music lessons? <laughs> Um, I did with one or two of them, but oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work real well. So the, <laughs> the cool nuts. thing is that like my oldest boy actually forcing him was a good thing. So the, the, you know, having kids that are all a little bit different, they, they require different tactics. Mm-hmm. And with him, I think if we hadn't have pushed him and wrote him pretty hard to get into music, he wouldn't be the person he is today. Yeah. And I think he's turning into an amazing young man. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was kind of the kicking and screaming, sure. You know, for the first few days and, and weeks, but then like he turned a corner. Wow! And it was it was like now he's passionate about this thing. So my parents met in orchestra at the University of Missouri. Really? My really? mom my mom has a degree in education, music education, and a master's in wow. performance. And my dad was raised by two music music teachers. Oh my goodness! So I was forced. I was a forced yeah, child. Yeah, you're forced. Piano well, lessons, band and choir. I picked guitar? up guitar on my own. Okay. So nice. I was going to say I'm an example like that. Right. I'm thankful I was forced because I would have quit. And I remember having one of those breakthrough days. And I, I talked uh-huh. to people about building confidence. Like, 
you start with commitment. You got to commit to doing something and you got to have the courage to do it when you're going to suck at it. And then once you actually build new capability and you start to get good, then it becomes fun. Right. And you start to really enjoy it. And that's when you really get that confidence that comes with that new capability you have. But, you know, it takes time. It takes time of of trial to put in those hours and build that, especially, you know, they say the 10,000 hour rule, right? Like, Oh yeah. And I think it was a lot more. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure if you look back in time, same thing. So I've seen pictures of you on the trumpet. I I played the trumpet a little bit growing up and my lips are too big. I had to switch to the euphonium. Oh, nice. uh, How long have you been playing the trumpet? What other instruments do you play? I, well, I started playing trumpet like about 20 years ago. No, 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 no. I've been married 24. So add three years to that 27 years. I've been playing trumpet seriously. Okay. Trumpets have been kind of around throughout my life, but I started on French horn when I was oh, cool. in, in grade school. Love the French horn. Yeah. It, it's nice when it's, when you know how to play it, when you don't, yeah. it sounds like a dying cow, <laughs> but, uh, but so I, I picked up the trumpet in college because uh, there just aren't any French horns in dance bands or rock bands. So, yeah. so I picked up the trumpet cause that was where I was, I was playing in R and B groups, you know, dance groups and then rock bands. Oh, wow. And, cool. Um, and so like, I, I played a variety of instruments, obviously you can't lead, lead choirs with a trumpet in your mouth. So, so I moved to <laughs> piano again. Uh, I had piano lessons when I was a kid, but I kind of moved to brass for, for a lot of years, but then sure. picked up piano, like you picked up guitar along the way. Yeah. So, but it's Super fun. Cool. I, I love, I love music. I it's, it's a great way to kind of, decompress yeah 100 yeah, uh, you know yeah. it's great that way i it's like speaking another language right it's uh oh totally to me, it's it's a super cool thing what what is your favorite genre of music do you have a favorite that's always such a, an interesting question to ask um i i played reggae and r&b and rock for a lot of years so okay. i like that those styles of music caribbean sure. UK like explosion, you know, you know, London, London rock and roll, you know, like the clash, um, the Rolling Stones, that kind of music. But, uh, sure. but it's interesting because I've played almost every style of music there is. Yeah. But, but, but you get me on one day, I'm like, I want to listen to Bob Marley for the next five days. That's cool. <laughs> I like it. But I saw UB40 in concert several times and I love UB40, you know, okay. just a great, great band. And it's just yeah. like, you can't feel bad listening to UB40. Sure. So you still do gigs? Uh, periodically. I, I do more studio work than I do live work. Okay. Uh, during the pandemic, I got together with one of my buddies. I don't know if you saw any of the stuff we put out, but we just kind of did some some fun music just for people in lockdown. Cool. <laughs> and uh, But uh, two weeks ago, I was in the studio with a group and I laid some trumpet tracks for them. Very cool. So I'm still playing horn a little bit. Um, but, uh, not as much as I used to, but, um, uh, I always say only by, only by appointment, right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now and again, man. I'm a busy guy, Yeah, <laughs> but it's, sure, it is man. fun. It is fun to play. And, um, I still play piano. Very cool. So, so what, what's up with project Boone? Tell us a little bit about what project Boone's doing. Okay. So project Boone uh, is an organization I've been involved with for, uh, probably eight years, nine years. They're actually celebrating their 10 year anniversary at Thanksgiving this year. Oh, cool. And uh, they they try to meet the needs of people in the community that are food insecure. So we're mostly like, a you know, we bring groceries to people. Um, we, you know, we feed people. Um, we've had community closets and events where people can get access to free free medical care and dental care and things like that. Um, I, I came aboard as the uh, the board chair for the board uh, back in 2019. 
And I just stepped down from the board chair position this past spring. So a couple months after I came aboard at Centric. Sure. Okay. So, but I still sit on the board. I'm still active. I still donate to Project Boone, uh, projectboone.org for people who are interested in looking us up. Uh, we are taking uh, donations and frozen turkeys. There you go. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get, uh, I think, 300 frozen turkeys and 900 toys and cash uh, awesome. going into the holidays. So uh, we're going to give away 300 frozen turkeys the day before Thanksgiving. And we're going to feed between one and 2,000 people Thanksgiving dinner the okay. day before Thanksgiving. Very cool. So that'll be fun. And then wow. you know, the, the toys are for kids uh, yeah. for Christmas. That's so awesome, that's, that's the big stuff coming up. I I'm not as involved as I'd like to be, but, uh, but we have so many amazing people working at project Boone where I can mm-hmm. just kind of like, when I stepped down in June, I was like, you guys are beautiful. <laughs> like this organization is amazing. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, you know, when you're in an organization where you can feel like you can walk away and it's just going to be moving along without you. hundred percent. It's that's, it's, that's what's so happening. How, let's Boone. talk about that. How, how would you get your organization to that point? Like, do you, what, what is Joel Clellan's approach when it comes to leadership? Since you've had, you know, you've had various experience in, in leadership roles. Right. I, I would say it's probably twofold. First is people need to know what you're about. They need to know what your vision is, where you're going. They need to know you're serious. Um, you're not just doing it for whatever reason. You know, in the nonprofit world, it's kind of an ego play sometimes. In the for-profit world, it's like I'm here for a paycheck or I'm here for a bonus or what have you, but that you're there for a purpose. And the second part I would say is finding the right people because not everybody is going to share your passion. And a lot of times um, I, I fully appreciate that people are somewhere for a paycheck because mm-hmm. I've taken jobs for a paycheck. I think most of us have, and sure. that's, that's perfectly fine. But I, I think when you're building a team of leaders that you can kind of walk away and you know, Hey, they're going to be taking on this project without me. Mm-hmm. Um, you've really won. I had lunch with a gentleman yesterday and he has an organization like that. He, uh, he got hit with COVID pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And he's a tough guy, just yeah. a real tough guy, former Marine, you know, just really stellar guy. And, uh, you know, COVID took him down for six, seven days. And he, wow. he, his, his team just like moved along like he wasn't even there. And it, sure. was, it was like he was there, right? even though he wasn't, because everything just kind of kept moving along. Yeah, and he was awesome, telling me man. the same thing. It's like, you got to find the right people. That's you one know, thing. You I... can find people that share your vision. You right. Yeah, I think many Align, leaders alignment really overlooked at coaches, right? Like you can be the best coach, like the Nick Sabans, the the Coach K's, right? If they can't recruit players that have the skills, want to be on the court, want to put in the time, mm-hmm. you know, if 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 you don't have the right people, it doesn't matter how good of a coach or, or leader you are, you, you nope. ain't gonna be successful. No, nope. so. no. Nope. No. And, yeah, and I, I totally agree hundred percent. And that, that's what I found to be, to be the winning combination. It's not just having the right approach um, specifically here and sure. your, your vision being really solid, but, but picking up the right people along the way. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know like my team, my team specifically at project Boone would, would echo that because they, because they saw a big change just over the three years that I was like actively involved and the right. people who were coming aboard just over the last year and a half, two years. Right. It's like, they're just like beasts, <laughs> just people that I'm like, I'm like, thank, thank God you're here. <laughs> yeah. You gotta love that. So if I don't have to be, I know that things are going to continue. <laughs> For 
for sure. So what's it been like? Is this your first CEO role? What's it been like? It is. It is. And we've been doing the same thing at, at Centric. Obviously, you know, not everybody's going to be at the finish line with us, but sure. um, but we we've been bringing on just some amazing people, uh, real go getters that you know are executors. And uh, yeah, it, it's my first first time in the C suite. Awesome. But it's it's um, it's been a, it's been a good ride. What's it been like to, to, you know, be at the helm, have, you know, be in a role where everybody's looking to you, you know, right, it, it, right. Can, it can be a sort of a lonely spot or so. It I've can heard. be, it can be if you don't have anybody to talk to. Uh, yeah. One of the, one of the things that I thought was re- interesting for me when I transitioned from being a member of a team and running teams to being a CEO is the networking is different. Um, you know, I, I used to be in a lot of B2B and B2C type networking organizations, and I had to leave all of them. Cause they just, they weren't the right places for me to be networking. Hmm. And so I found that I needed to meet with other CEOs. I needed to meet with people who were kind of, you know, in the C-suite. And, and I, I think that that's probably been one of my biggest wins is, is figuring that out that it didn't sure. take me too long to do that. Yeah. So, so if I hear you correctly, making sure you're around the right people is, is the, is a critical move. Like, absolutely. Don't be alone. Yeah. If you feel alone, you might be, and, and you need, <laughs> you need to reach out, you need to reach out, reach up, reach to the side, whatever it is. Sure. I mean, th- thankfully I've, I've got a really solid team that I can connect with inside my, inside my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to be able to reach outside as well. Right. To people that do what you do. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I, love, I, I think it's critical. That's awesome advice, Joel. I think lots of people, maybe I, I know I went through this. I kind of just accidentally ended up around whoever I, I, I ended up around and, and wasn't really purposeful with my association for a lot of years. And, and what you're describing, like, like our relationship, right. We got connected when, when I started reaching out and, and purposefully associating with people like Tony Watley right. and, and, and exactly. his society. Right. And then you get connected with other people and, and just having that network of, of strong go-getters like yourself, man, is just, it, I, it's out of this world. I can't even tell yeah, you. Yeah, it is. It is. Because you can't, I, I mean, I, I, I firmly believe it's really probably one in a million where people are able to just generate this on their own. Yeah. And n- nobody truly wins alone. I mean, right. that's really, really rare, I think. 100%. So if somebody like myself hasn't invested in crypto to date, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to break into crypto, if I'm trying to figure out what I need to do, you, you gave me some advice with the white paper and, and right. you know, Centric's about page. What? What right. advice would you give for the noob crypto investor sure. before they dip their, their toe in? Right, right. Or you, you dip your toe in. You know, I, I'd, say, I'd say that's probably a first step is dip your toe in. But where do you dip your toe? I guess is a better question. And, and so what, what I recommend most people do, if you're in the U.S., I don't know where, where else you have listeners, but um, if you're in the U.S., I would say set up either a crypto.com account or a Coinbase account, one of those. Those are, those are the, probably the two best and easiest to use platforms in the US. Um, I've used numerous platforms mm-hmm. and those are the two that have been the easiest in my opinion. And, you know, both are pretty informative. I mean, a lot, if a platform doesn't give you like the digital assets they're making available on their platform, like little abstracts where you can mm-hmm. kind of learn a little bit about it and a direct link to their website so you can read their white papers, you know, and, and learn about like, what are they trying to achieve? It's hard to know, hey, am I just 
investing in ABC coin or XYZ token because it's doing well today? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or does it have some future use that I think is going to be valuable someday? Right. And, uh, or does it have use today or does it have real world application today? Right. And so w- rather than just kind of, you know, dropping several hundred bucks on a bunch of different projects, um, the cool thing about crypto is you can invest five bucks or 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. You know, I mean, a lot of times what I do with people who are brand new to crypto, Phil, is I'll, I'll sit at their kitchen table with Coinbase open and I'll buy like $5 of Bitcoin right in front of them. I'll show them how it works. Or I'll buy, you know, $10 of Ethereum and I'll just show them. Or I'll buy yeah. $5 of Dogecoin, you know, or something yeah. like that. You know, and if, they, if we have a little more time, then I'll show them how to get access to Centric. Yeah, it's, it's it's still a little little bit harder to get to, cool. but but we're but we're lowering the barrier to that too because we're turning on a credit card on ramp, and that's going to be really helpful for our users. So what is that? So basically, you'll be able to buy Centric with a credit card. Oh, dang. you can use you can use you know local local currency attached to a credit card and, and get Centric. Right wow. now, I think I kind of alluded to it. Like you have to use certain cryptos to get out to an exchange that has us. And then you you pair it with centric to get centric, sure. But we're gonna we're gonna be lowering that barrier, and it's probably in days. Day, we're days oh, wow. away, I think, from a credit card on ramp. Wow, it's pretty it's pretty big. Very it's a big cool. development for us. So yeah, so like that, the ease of that type of a purchase is available now at crypto.com and Coinbase and places mm-hmm. like that. I don't want to give you too many different exchanges, but those sure. two are pretty good for Americans. Americans, yeah. right? So, but the uh, you know people can access, and like I said, you. You know, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. I mean, you know, just kind of learn. learn. Yeah. And um, Cointelegraph is pretty good. Um, they're Coin Market Cap and uh, Coin Gecko. Those are all okay. resources online where, where people, whether they're, you know, sophisticated or brand new users, can go just to learn. Yeah. And I think our website is excellent for learning too. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, man. So, one question I like to ask my guests before we close episodes, I, I had this perspective. I think I got it from Gary V. It's basically, you know, how cool would it be? You see these old pictures of your grandpa or your great grandpa right. and black and white, like, hey, cool. Right. I have this one right. picture of them, right? Like, how cool <laughs> would it be to have hundreds and hundreds of episodes of your great great grandpa talking to cool people like Uncle Joel Cleland, right? That'd be like, badass. like, that'd be pretty that'd sweet. Be really so, cool. That'd be really you know, sweet. With that vision in mind, you know, thinking of where these cryptocurrencies are going, you know, people will probably be swiping them or whatever, spending them with their, their microchip you <laughs> right? know, hundred, hundreds of years down the road. And they'll be looking back on, on uh, this episode. What would you want to leave them with today? I know that's aren't like you, a aren't you put glad? you on the spot. No, no, question. No. Aren't you glad that your great grandfather invested in centric? <laughs> right. <laughs> There you go. Your great grandma. That's good. That's good perspective. Your great aunt got a, got a couple bags of centric. Aren't you glad that they did that and passed it down to you? I like it. (laughs) That's a good one, man. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because that's, that's the thing we, we use that terminology in the, in the space, Phil, as we say, Hey, have you gotten a bag? Get a bag, get a bag, (laughs) get a bag, get a $5 bag or a $10 bag, a hundred dollar bag. Oh man. That's funny. So Very get a cool. get a bag of centric. I'm glad that like I'm glad it. that your your great great grandfather got a bag of centric. There you go. I'm sure you good, are too. Good perspective, Joel. <laughs> hey, y'all, go follow Joel Cleland at Joel underscore Cleland on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, Joel Cleland, real Cleland. Um, 
go to Centric's website, check out what they're doing. Really cool stuff going on in the crypto space. That's C-E-N-T-R-I-C.com slash about if you want to learn more about what Centric's doing. And uh, Joel's got some bio information on there too. I'm sure you can get a hold of him if, if you'd like to through there. Yep. Any other call to action things you want to leave the audience with today, Joel? No, I think I think that's it. Obviously, for for crypto users, crypto day traders, you're probably already aware of CNS and and how to get it. Um, if not, centric.com/guide is an excellent place to go. It's the getting started guide, and it shows you A to Z what to do to access Centric. Awesome. So centric.com/guide. And um, like I said, for people new to the space, if you're even remotely curious, um, just start reading. Yeah, I love it. Joel, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. It's always fun. For sure. And uh, y'all have a great day. Go lead everything. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go. Go.